This is Right at the Fork. It is Portland's Food Scene Podcast, and it's the Gary the Foodie February Restaurant Update. Spotlight on Portland. Yeah. Because we, we do have, you can check in if you're heading to uh, the Bay Area. We have a specific podcast for that. We'll be recording one for Los Angeles soon. Mm-hmm. So that if you're going to those cities and you want some great recommendations because Gary does the research and uh, isn't going to uh, anything but one of the, a restaurant that he either knows is fantastic or reads about and is curious about. So he'll give the updates for those cities. So here in Portland, where he's living, uh, he gets to go out a lot more than we do. So Yeah, he's not only up on the pulse of what's happening in the Portland food scene, but he's there's a very good chance he's been to that place. Well, not only that, he's making the he's, oh, he's sure. making he's setting the, the tone. Yes, yeah. he's setting the tone. Mm-hmm. So if Gary's there, first of all, uh, it's his little secret on how he finds out about all this stuff, but it's because he's connected. Right. And he knows what's going on. So it's always good to have Gary here to do his monthly update on some of the new cool things. We try to interject ours as well, and they may not necessarily be the new places, but little discoveries. As a matter of fact, I just started back on, uh, I lost my blog on Portland Food Adventures when I built a new website. Um, I'm trying to get it back, but short of that, I started trying to copy some old stuff, and I thought, you know, I'm going to start this over. So there's a new feature that I'm going to try to keep up with that will either... Uh, compliment this or be a little different, which is things I dug this week, this month, which is similar. Um, so I think I have one up there for January. I just keyed myself that I have to do February. So uh, that's at portlandfoodadventures.com under the blog tab. Um, but even a better place is to hear Gary's suggestions here. Um, I'm going to go through a couple of mine that I've discovered because Gary, hello. Hi. There we go. <laughs> We're talking about Gary. We just haven't said, hey, hey Gary. <laughs> we, have not, uh, we have not recorded this for a while. We kind of ganged up a couple because of scheduling problems on the last one. So we all haven't intervened here to discuss our dining experiences for at least a month and a half or so. So I've got a couple I'll lead with and then leave it to you. Um, I was able to go to a media dinner, and I'll make it very clear. Someday I want to have this discussion as well with you, Gary, and some others uh-huh. about complimentary food and how that's handled. Um, whether it was, but my feeling is, I would not talk about something in a positive manner if it was complimentary and I didn't like it. So, uh, I was invited to a media dinner at Bistro Agnes, the folks who from Ox who uh, closed down Superbite, and in its place we have Bistro Agnes from Greg Denton and Gabrielle. Quinones Denton, and uh, I will say it was fantastic, and I pay attention to the social media feeds, and I'm seeing and hearing a lot of positive things about that. Have you been yet, Gary? Yes, I've been three times. There I you did go. Not, I did not. I got invited to the media dinner. I didn't go because uh, I don't really go to those events, but um, I, I did go three separate occasions since then, and what I really enjoyed so far is um, my favorite dish so far has been the duck all orange. It's an it's a nightly special. Every night they have a, a like a, a one specific dish that's a special, and uh, so you know this, like cocovan is another I think another dish on a, another night. So uh, I've also enjoyed the tête de cochon. I, I the, the burger is interesting. I really love the superbite burger, and. The Speaster Agnes burger is a burger, but it's in 
a, a sauce bordelaise, which I've had a, a couple of times because I'm trying to find out what I think about the burger. The, the sauce makes it very, very unique. Sometimes you, you, some people say, oh, you need to eat, it's really a fork and, 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 and knife burger. But I used my hands once, and I really enjoyed it. So I'm still trying to struggle with the Bistro Agnes burger, but I like it. The sauce bordelaise makes it kind of different. But, and Bo Burtnick is still there. One thing you might want to try is absinthe. He has like five or six absinths on the menu, and you order the absinthe, and Bo will go to the absinthe fountain, and he'll make your absinthe drink for you, like a sugar cube, some water with the absinthe, absinthe fountain. And it's a very – you can go and watch Bo do it. Go trundle up to the absinthe fountain and watch Bo Burtnick make your absinthe. So I'm really enjoying the um, Beast Agnes. It's it's I think it's a successful concept for Greg and Gabby. I think it'll be incredibly busy. If it already is incredibly busy and will continue to be incredibly busy. Congratulations, Greg and Gabby. Yeah, and they have another busy restaurant too. So I was particularly curious about the French onion soup, which is something I ordered my whole life, and then I noticed. When they had it on the menu, it's not something that I see on many menus in Portland because it's just not that, you know, it, it, it's not that um, different a dish. It's expected. However, knowing what they've done at Ox with their clam chowder, I was particularly interested in seeing what they do with onion soup. And it was it was it was really good. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I We had the short rib uh, bourguignon. Is that what it was as well? So. Yeah. So uh-huh. we had that, too. Um, that was great. And, uh, you know, here's what I'm going to, I'm going to cop to this. I always forget Bo's name. The last time when I was there, this last time I remembered it as I was walking out the door and I wanted to go, Oh, Bo, but thanks for bringing it up. Cause it'll drill at home a little harder. Cause he's a really nice guy at the bar there. And that's a really nice place to go late at night. Stop in. It's a pretty restaurant. They've changed the interior a little bit or quite a bit. And, um, uh, that's a cool place. So Bistro Agnes, uh, let me run down this list. There aren't a lot, and uh, I want to get let you get to your some of your favorites. But um, Atala's now open on now open on Sunday nights, and he's serving his fermin Iber- Iberico Conchinillo, which is always served with uh, seasonal sides, and that is one of the dishes that Jose Chesa brought over from Chesa upon the closing. So um, instead of Chesa. Five nights a week, we have Atala on has added a Sunday night service, so now they're open six nights a week, and that was uh, really nice to stop in there. And I also had his traditional jamon plate with when he serves with the best um, pan con tomate uh, that you can possibly have, better than anything I've had in in Barcelona. So uh, there's that. And, of course, full disclosure, we do a trip with Jose, but I'm just being objective when I say that food is great. I wouldn't be uh, doing trips with Jose. Well, I, that's not the picture, but he's such an amazing guy and great chef. But uh, now I feel like I have to disclose that all the time. And every time I mention it. You don't. Yeah, no, I don't. So uh, the other thing that I discovered just yesterday, I was on my way to, after this podcast, we were discussing BYH Burgers, and I was on my way there, um, and I somehow stopped at Pollo Bravo and saw that they had this roast beef bocadillo sandwich, which is exactly how I like it. Warm, thick-sliced, rare roast beef with just salt and a little oil, and they serve that with a garlic mayo, and they serve it with uh, some... 
um, what was it, chicken broth. Uh, I put it on uh, Portland Food Adventures Instagram feed. Some chicken broth that serves as a uh, au jus, and uh, I love that. And I can't believe it took me that long to discover that that sandwich exists because I like generally unadulterated sandwiches. They're great, and you don't get that opportunity. And of course, the Gorham Gorham Enterprise is going to do that really well, and they did. Um, also, uh, a while ago, I had the opportunity to go to Gracie's, and I had a lobster roll, which was good. On top of that, the uh, Gracie's dining room. If you're doing a business lunch, it's really nice. Uh, it's one of the nicer places. It's an impressive place to go. And I, atmosphere is important to me, and I really like that. So the salad was fantastic with the uh, lobster roll. Um, and then we did our chi- fried chicken crawl. And so that brought me to a, new pl- a couple of new places. The impetus for that brought me to a few places and then doing it, actually. So I just wanted to mention... Um, we are going to be, you'll hear about this, so I'm not going to talk too much about who our favorites were. I'm not going to talk at all about who won the, ch- who, who was the hands down favorite for the fried chicken crawl. But we went to Basilisk, which uh, is a pretty incredible sandwich. Uh, have you had that one, Gary? I have to imagine you have. A few, a few times, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, it's, a, it's a crazy fried chicken sandwich, and it's in the zipper. So uh, something, if you're, if you're looking for um, big food and tasty food, that's the place you got to try. And then Frickin' Chicken was a food cart that Wendy from Loka of Oregon suggested, and we really enjoyed that. That's on Belmont, and they serve it a few ways. It was suggested to us to try the spicy version, and we didn't, and we probably should have tried the spicy version. So... Uh, go with their suggestion. They know what they're doing. And then um, we went to People's Pig, the new one on Burnside. Love the space. What Cliff does is fantastic. Uh, I hadn't been there in too long. The sandwich, the fried chicken sandwich is unlike anything you'll ever have. And um, and we didn't try anything else there, but uh, we'll get. I'm going to get back there to have some brisket and some of the other great things that they do. But People's Pig... New location on East Burnside, just short of, uh, of where Laurel Horse Market is. And um, then lastly, your suggestion, when, we t- when I told you we were doing a fried chicken sandwich crawl and an episode on that, which will uh, air in uh, a couple of weeks or a week and a half here um, with Andy from Thrillist, Andy Kreza, we went to Boki Doki. Um, at your suggestion, Gary, and we really liked that sandwich. But what I really, this was the one on Hawthorne. What I loved was the fact that it was right there with Rachel's ginger beer, RGB, and uh, the combination of the two that you can order together and enjoy in that space was uh, fantastic. So Boki Doki, the people who bring you Boki Bowl, um, that was a great suggestion, Gary. Thanks. So You're welcome. Yeah. So let's give us some more suggestions while we're at it. Well, I'm not a vegan by any stretch of the imagination, but I was just curious about vegan offerings around town. And so I, I journeyed to a few of them, and uh, explain what happened with one other. Okay, so first place I went to is Harlow, which is located on Southeast Hawthorne, not very far away from Rachel's Ginger Beer in Boki Doki. A block. Um, yeah, it is a welcoming and open place to grab a meal. There's a series of two to four, um, two or four toss plus communal tables. It's a very, it's a very enjoyable, comfortable place. And as far as the food goes. I, I had a couple of things. The flat walnut flapjacks were vegan. 
the dish had two oatmeal banana walnut pancakes with vanilla roasted walnuts, coconut, and bananas. I also had the farmer's vegetable scramble. It had smoky tempa. Um, but you could also choose eggs or like seasoned jackfruit if you want. Uh, roasted vegetables and a chipotle cashew hollandaise. I didn't even notice it was vegan. It was. I went for for like I said a weekend brunch and it was very enjoyable. So um, Harlow was a was a nice surprise for me. Were you on your way there because it was vegan or you just yeah. went? Yeah, I decided okay. to just try a series of vegan places and I went to one of your friend's places. Yeah. You can pronounce his last name, but his first name's Jeff. Rydebach. Rydebach from Homegrown Smoker. And I had the combo plate, which was effing huge. I had tempa ribs and tofu chicken, chipotle slaw, stewed greens, hush puppies, and remoulade. It was just one humongous plate. I, as large of an appetite as I have, I couldn't finish it. Wow, that's saying something. Yeah, yeah but it was... But it, how, many other, tr- how many other meals had you had that day? Oh, no, that was the only <laughs> one. It was just a really large plate of food. It, the trick is you can't let it get cold. Don't, don't let it get cold. I mean, but it's such a big plate. It takes a while to get through it all. But it was, again, a very um, nice surprise for someone who is not a vegan. Uh, a new place around town is called, uh, they just opened up on 40, Northeast 42nd, just off of Alberta, in between Alberta and kind of, kind of like Killingsworth. It's called Tiny Morso. And it's a little cafe that features plant-based desserts, snacks, salads, smoothies, tea, that's, that sort of thing. And the owner of Tiny Morso is the person behind this, uh, another company called Rodicious. So she does these, Rodicious is again a plant-based, plant-based desserts. And um, I had like a Rodicious mini, which is like a peanut butter and chocolate parfait. And I also had uh, the vegan chocolate mousse. Um, so you might want to stop in in this little tiny, quaint cafe. It's, um, just like I said, right off of Northeast Alberta and 42nd. Uh, then I uh, went and did something that hasn't been done before, and that was Justin Woodward from Castagna did a special 20-course vegan tasting menu, which, he, like I said, he, he never tried one before. Um, I know he's, other people have asked him to do one, and he's turned them down, but um, one of his friends asked him to do it because he was in town from Los Angeles, and Justin was kind enough to do it, and I came along just to see what it was like. And it, it, there's no point really in discussing the dishes, but it just shows the talent of Justin Woodward, the, what he was able to do with something that was totally foreign to him, it was uh, a fabulous meal, just stellar, sublime. It could be my Portland meal of the year. Uh, he just outdid himself because you, you don't know for someone who doesn't cook in that, in that style or fashion how difficult it is to cook like that on a one-off meal. But um, I'm glad I was able to go to it. And you may not be able to, for, sorry, vegans, it's unlikely you'll be able to have that menu, but you, what you can do is non-vegans go to Castagna, eat Justin Woodard's food. I also went to his regular menu like last week with Pete and Son, uh, Pete Cho and Sun Young Park from... Oh, there you go. Han we Oak. had to get Han Oak in too. Yeah, if you're, both. If you're talking both about Castagna, Castagna we yeah. have to do both. Yeah. Of course. I mean, <laughs> aren't I always with Pete and Son? Of course. Or aren't I at the third wheel? 
I'm I'm physically attached to, to physically attached to both of them because I went to New Jersey with them last month to be on a TV show. So um, what TV has, show was that? Action Bronson Untitled is it was on, it's on Vice Land mm-hmm. channel I think seven fourteen seven fifteen on Comcast. It aired last week. Um, Katie Millard's going to be on it this upcoming week, I think. Of cocaine. Of cocaine. And so it was fun, enjoyable, a blast. Nice to meet Action Bronson. And it was fun to hang out with Pete and Son in New Jersey and New York. Um, now off to non-vegan offerings. Well, for, to sum up, I'm glad I'm not a vegan. Not there's anything wrong with being a vegan. But it was fun to be a vegan for a short period of time. And it, it was enlightening. And yes, you can be satiated being a vegan in Portland, Oregon. So, and um, I'm just curious, no farm spirit in that, because that would be the obvious... Uh, yeah, and I, I've been there a few times. And Aaron does um, a very good job doing fine dining um, vegan. So, yeah, if you want, that's also another option amongst other options around town. It's a pretty cool experience. I just Before you leave it, I just wanted to uh, mention that we've been trying to get Jeff Reidebach of Homegrown Smoker because he and I have a history. We went to high school together um, and didn't know, I didn't know he was in Portland until I got out here. We've been trying to get him on. That dish that you had was so big because he's so damn busy. Um, we can't get him back in here. So I've been trying to f- accommodate him as, the sa- as we have with uh, Sir Rucker. Gabriel Rucker, we haven't been able to get him in because we usually record on Mondays. We're trying to find another spot. But I'm glad you you got to home. I was hoping that when you started talking about vegan restaurants, you were going to mention Homegrown Smoker because that's a little different. He's not trying. He's trying to reinvent normal dishes that a vegan wouldn't have uh, and make them vegan. So it's he's not trying to do anything highbrow. He's trying to do mac and cheese and pastrami sandwiches for people to enjoy who would not normally be able to enjoy those if they were vegan. And I did, I did, I did enjoy my food at Homegrown Smoker. I was surprised by how much. I, I wasn't sure. Yeah, no, every time I've been there, I've thought, this is really good. Uh, it's just a little out of the way. It's up in St. John's, but it's a beautiful, it's a, on a nice day, head over that bridge and it's right there. And I didn't mention another place that basically is a block away from Homegrown, homegrown Smoker that is also vegan, and I've been there before, and I mentioned it in the program before. It's called the Sudra. There's a, one in, was one location inside the ocean off of 24th and Sandy, but there's also one in St. John's, literally a block away from Homegrown Smoker. So there's a little vegan area for you PDX vegans. Cool. St. John. Thanks for doing that, man. We did, we did have a... A vegan, somewhere, if you look, Julie Lee, uh, formerly of 1859 Magazine, she did a, a vegan soundbite. So look for that, too, if, you wanna, if you're vegan and you want to supplement the great list that Gary just gave us. And, and I want to talk about a service that I participated in. Well, it's not a service. Well, is it, let me call, it's called After Dark Cookies. Okay? It's, it's, uh, they're open from, they're available from Thursday to Sunday. And the delivery time's vary depending on the day. Deliveries start around 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. and go until late at night, as late as 1 a.m. on Friday and Saturday. So it's kind of just, it's kind of like a like pizza delivery, except it's cookies. And not just cookies, they also deliver Cloud City ice cream or even milk. So you go online 
you, there, there are a plethora of cookies from which to choose. So you order your cookies, there's a minimum. I think it might be $15. And so they come to your door, and they, they, you know how the Domino's, or any pizza delivery service has those, contain, they're kind of like a bag that keeps the pizza hot. Well, it, there's a bag that exactly looks like that, but inside are cookies. And you open the box, and again, it looks like a pizza box, but it's cookies inside. The cookies are as if they came right out of the oven. And it's a, it's a, it's a unique service. I don't know of another one in town. Someone else told me, I think it was Alex. Alex well, it doesn't matter who else. But um, a friend told me that there, there might be one in Eugene like that. But it's a, it's a cookie service to your door, Thursday through Sunday. Um, I really enjoyed the chocolate chip cookie. But there are a plethora of cookies from which to choose, including I think even vegan cookies. What? Uh, what? How much does it cost? Um, like I said, there's a fifteen dollar minimum. I think most of the cookies average around three dollars per cookie. Okay. So you have to get at least five cookies. I think my order was forty dollars. So I got a lot of cookies. I ended up sh- I, again. I got it delivered to surprise, surprise Hano because that's where I was, and so they delivered it to Hano, and I shared it with some of the staff and the kids. Pete and Sons kids, and we had a, all had a good time. So that's, after dark, cookies. That, that sounds cool. I hope they d- deliver to Southwest. I, that's a good question. I don't, know, I don't know about delivery areas. Yeah. Um, one last, well, one quick thing is Trifecta Tavern and Bakery. I've mentioned this before. It's an undiscovered gym, open daily, 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. Really, it's the best croissants in town. It's the best, it's some of the best pastry, maybe, well, Probably is my fa- favorite bakery in town is Trifecta Tavern and Bakery. It's different than actually. It's a very. It's actually different than Ken's Artisan Bakery. Two kind of separate operations. Ken's Artisan Bakery is on a much. The volume is much greater. Trifecta Tavern and Bakery is it's a smaller scale operation. Um, even their their the, the um, their pastries are very are different. Like they have a raspberry snail there that I don't think is at Ken's Artisan Bakery. Just go to Trifecta Tavern and Bakery, um, 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. daily. Yeah, but after, gym. after that, I correct me if I'm wrong, and you may not know, but I'm pretty damn sure at Pine Street Market at Checkerboard, you can get those pastries, too. They're bringing I, I, them over I, there. I, I, I could be mistaken, Chris, but I think recently he decided to do away with that. I could be wrong about Well, they that. do have incredible pastries over there. I just had one yesterday. Oh, you did? Yeah, okay, and so they, they, have the rasp- the they have the raspberry croissant, so I they, can't they, imagine they're doing them separately. No, then it's the same. They, they yeah. take it over to Pine Street. Someone told me that maybe they were just continuing having the, the ta- trifecta tavern bakery moving, in, you know, taking things over to Pine Street, but I'm glad they still are. No, it's really they good. Enjoy, they're, they're selection, their selection is fantastic over there. It's... Uh, I, you know, it's my post-podcast standard run is to go get a slice of pizza at what is now Checkerboard. And that's how I discovered that Bocadilla yesterday, too, so. Next month, since uh, I need some content for next month, I want to talk about the Chico Lunch, and I've already been twice. They're they're doing it Wednesday to Sunday, Chico Lunch. Um, And Bar Casaval is doing a weekend brunch, and I'll talk more about those two things next month because I need content. Wow, we're getting we're getting professional here. Actually, teasing the next one. Yes, it's reason to come back. Yeah, well, we always want to give you reason to come back, but also, um, and I've tried to point this out during this episode. There's reason to come back. It's easy to come back in the archives. We now have a search function. Who was it that told me that I needed to do that? About ten people 
and finally found it on Squarespace. So you can go back and look. So if you're interested in vegan, you can plug in vegan or you can plug in any chef's name and look in our archives. So there's reason not only to come back in the future, but there's reason to go back. And uh, anything that you haven't heard in now, uh, four and a quarter years almost, um, is new to you. So there are a lot of great episodes there. And uh, you can even go back and somewhere here, the first Gary the Foodie episode, somewhere back there in 2015, I believe. Oh, okay. Way, way back. Way back. Uh, Thanks so much, Gary. I appreciate that. I appreciate the tease for next month. We'll look forward to hearing more. Okay. Right at the Fork is brought to you by... Zupans, unsurpassed quality. From the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupans and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers as well as local chefs know that Zupans is the place to find the very best Northwest Bounty in Portland, West Burnside, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years, Zupans Markets. And by Portland Food Adventures. Join right at the Four Coast, Chris Angeles for once-in-a-lifetime trips this fall to eat and sip your way through Sicily, Mexico City, and PFA's famous trip with Italian chef Jose Chesa to Barcelona. See the exciting itineraries at portlandfoodadventures.com and find Chris's contact info there. If you love food and travel, these trips are for you. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. 